that right there, that confidence that you have to have. In my mind, you have to have that confidence if you're gonna stand up and just be different. That confidence allows you to know who you are, which means nobody else can tell you. This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. Welcome to this episode of Alopecia Life. Today's guest is Deja McClendon, professional volleyball player with Athletes Unlimited, former Penn State player, and from the limited time with her, I can tell she's an all-around lovely human. Deja and I discuss volleyball, her alopecia story, and her athlete cause during the month of March supporting the nonprofit Ball Girls Do Lunch. You may hear throughout the interview my excitement as I talk with her about this new way of playing, where players change teams each week gain points as individuals and as a team, and so much more. The bonus of the athlete cause and female athletics in this league is the icing on the cake. For young or old athletes who've developed alopecia, Deja has some great advice toward the end of the interview. Deja, welcome to Alopecia Life today. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited. Theo was talking about you and your Bald Girl Student Lunch athlete cause, and we're going to be talking about that a little bit today. And also, we're going to be talking about um, your alopecia story. So let's just kind of dive in with that. Awesome. Well, right now where I am in my my stage, um, I have decided to shave my head, so I'm completely bald. And now that I have just started playing professionally here in the United States, professional volleyball. Uh, I had the opportunity to work with an organization called Bald Girls Do Lunch and support them and raise awareness for alopecia. I actually will be able to donate part of my salary from the Athletes Unlimited League to them. And I'm so, so excited about that. Yeah. And as an athlete, what did the world of being a team athlete and losing your hair look like when you started to lose it? So I started losing my hair when I was 12. That's when I was kind of, I was officially diagnosed um, mm-hmm. with alopecia areata. So I would only lose little areas of hair, little patches. And I was extremely self-conscious as you would guess. And I did whatever I could do to hide it. And luckily I had lots of curly hair. So I could really, I could just hide it with different hairstyles. Um, but as you play sports and you get sweaty and your hair moves around a lot, you know, you become even more self-conscious that it's going to show. And so that kind of stress added on as well as stress from the actual sport kind of added to my hair loss. And so it was quite a a challenge, a fight, actually, like a, a, a tug back and forth between the stress of sports and the alopecia. But I've always been really lucky. I've been able to hide. I wore a lot of headbands and I I would pull my hair back into like low ponytails. And uh, I found a lot of ways to cover it so I didn't have to think about it. 
then later on, you know, as I got into uh, my late 20s, I had a situation where I was getting injections, steroid injections to actually get my hair to grow back. And it worked. It was fine. Um, But as I actually played in Italy, my steroids had to be approved by the Federation. And that process just took so long that after five months of going without treatment, one small spot kind of turned into this big area along the back of my scalp. And I was so, so self-conscious about it. I literally, I was thinking about it almost every play of the game. Mm. And obviously, you know, you can't play professionally and play well and do that. And so it got to the point where I was just like, you know what? I don't think that the stress of hair should be affecting me this much. You know, I, I was really thinking about it. Like, what is this? What is this to me? It's not changing me as a human. Um, it's not changing the way I see myself. So why am I letting it affect me this way? And that was kind of the moment when I was like, you know what? I'm just going to cut it all off. <laughs> I'm just going to shave it. And um, that's that's where I, when I made that decision and um, at, at the end of that season, I cut my hair and I was, I never felt better. I've, I've never felt more like myself. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. So you and I spent a little bit of time yesterday talking about female athletics, right? And, mm-hmm. and kind of this place where there aren't a lot of women in the limelight with alopecia. So the positive role models are, are out there for sure, you know, I, but I can pretty much count on both hands male and female alopecia role models and definitely being visible is important. That's so important. When I thought about shaving my head, I knew I was going to be changing leagues, right? Mm -hmm. I was going to be going to a place where nobody knew me. And I was like, well, there are no bald girls. There are no bald volleyball players. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a single one. And I was kind of thinking, like, how are people going to react to that, seeing me? Because basically, they would see this photo of me with long, curly hair, and then I would show up with no hair. And so that idea of, like, wow, I'm going to be playing in front of thousands of people, and nobody looks like me, I kind of had to really feel myself up into, into that position. But because I knew already how important it was to me to not care, mm-hmm. <laughs> not to not care about that. I was like, you know what? It's fine. It'll be fine. And it was. And in fact, being in Brazil and being visible, I had a young woman, she's seven years old, a girl. She, her dad messaged me on Instagram and he said, Hey, we're in Sao Paulo and we saw you play on TV. And my daughter was just so thrilled that she could see somebody with alopecia who is beautiful and smiling and confident. And I just wanted to let you know that it would be amazing if we could get the chance to meet you. And I got that message and it just completely sparked my soul. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just like, you know what? I might have been, you know, doing this for myself, but it's so much bigger than me. Mm-hmm. So much bigger than that. Yeah. It's, it, it's 
we think about the small piece of what we're doing for ourselves and, and something that is way bigger than what we ever could imagine. We go, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And this is, I mean, we don't really think about the the effects that we're going to have on all of these people when we just kind of are driven by by what's going to make us feel the most comfortable in our lives. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the small impacts are actually snowball. Yeah. And the one person that, you know, the one girl that you talk to and you say, hey, you know what? It's okay. You know, losing your hair doesn't change the fact that you're a woman. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change. You can still be feminine. You can still feel feminine. You can still feel beautiful and you can still play sports. Mm-hmm. That one little thing can turn into the next, you know, Deja McClendon, the next, mm-hmm. the next professional player, the next woman who decides that she's not going to let that hold her back from being visible. Mm-hmm. And I think over the years we've had, like I said, you know, I can count them on on two hands, the the athletes. So I don't know if you ever were in a position to look for those female athletes when you were in your twenties. That's exactly right. I didn't have the thought to look. I was still very much in the hiding stage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I didn't think about it. I was kind of just constantly trying to keep everything under wraps. When we're in that kind of stage, we just feel alone, right? We just feel alone in what's going on. So alone. I am. I know that one of the most freeing moments was when I told my best friend that I had alopecia. I remember I wouldn't even talk to anybody about it. Right. And I remember when I, I told her and she was just so confused because I had all of this curly hair. And she's like, <laughs> what? And then I showed her and I thought, she's like, oh, that's so small. She, she just like really made light of it. And I think that took such a weight off my shoulders that and knowing, and I was like, have you ever seen it? Like, I feel like it's always showing. She's like, I have never noticed it. And her just saying to me, you know what? Like, even if you lose all your hair, I'd still be your friend. That support was so crucial for me at that stage. And going even into the time when I was deciding to shave my head, because I was lucky, right? I I got to make that choice. Mm -hmm. Many women, you know, they don't have that opportunity, but I got to make that choice and I got to decide whose opinion mattered. And I called my mom, mom, what would you do if I decided to shave my head? And she said, you know what? Do it. You, you'll be a model. You can pull it off. (laughs) (laughs) I called my sister and I said, Hey, Maya, what would you do if I shaved my head? And she's like, you know what? I'll shave my head with you. Like a hundred percent. Give me the clippers. I'll do it. And then I called my fiance at the time and he, he said, Oh, you know what? I'll, I'll shave your head for you. Just get here. I'll do it for you. And he, he did, he shaved my head. So I, I think having that support system of three people that I know at the end of the day, they're the only opinions that matter to me. That gave me that extra kind of confidence to just say, you know what, everybody else, they can like it, they cannot like it, but it's fine. I'm good with it. Yeah. And do you feel like you get pretty overwhelming support when you travel extensively? I mean, I did read the article about what happened in Brazil, and I know you have such a huge respect for the playing culture in Brazil, and it's awesome. If it's okay, I'd like to talk about some of the comments that you received when you were playing as a woman of color and and a woman of color who is bald. Do you feel like that goes with you everywhere you go? I definitely 
think that those comments were a moment where it, it was a challenging moment and a moment where I was really like, okay, well, you decided that you're not going to let other people's words affect you. Mm-hmm. And I, I was upset. Yes. But mostly for other women of color, mostly for other players of color and other athletes of color, because yes, the comments that were made were very directed at my appearance and me being bald and me being a black woman. But I thought the idea that someone feels like they can openly make racist comments and get away with it, that I was not going to let stand. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to step up and I'm going to do something about this. And I love what you did next. Brazil was like who they are, how they supported you. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Because I think in our country, especially aren't really experiencing that. I agree with you. Um, And I was surprised too, because I didn't know the laws. So basically this person made a racist remark against me, directed towards me on an online just like on Facebook where they were watching the live match. So it wasn't made to me face-to-face. And that was shared. It went viral. Like it was shared all over the place. And at that point, I could now file a report, a police report against this person because racist acts and racist comments there are against the law. And so doing that, I mean, the club supported me. They got me a lawyer and I had my agent and we went to the police department and we sat there and we wrote the report out and I had all of the documents printed and actually even going through that process, you know, I was, I already felt very supported. So I think also when you look at the people that rallied around me, there were my teammates, obviously, but also other Brazilian volleyball players who had had those things happen to them, like Olympians, Olympians had similar things happen to them. And they messaged me and they said, hey, we're in this with you. Um, We don't stand for this. And that was so huge to have that support and from all different angles. Do you feel like your journey with alopecia has given you kind of a newfound strength for, I don't don't want to call it challenges because that seems to lessen it, these huge momentous things that happen? I'm smiling when you ask that question because I really do believe that I was holding myself back from being who I wanted to be. I kind of created this little box of what was expected of me. And when I did something so bold as shave my head without anybody else's opinions and or care about any else's body else's opinions, that was that moment where I was like, you know, I can do anything. I literally can do anything. I don't know why I was so afraid to do this or to do that, you know, and that right there, that confidence that you have to have in my mind, you have to have that confidence. If you're going to stand up and just be different, that confidence allows you to know who you are, which means nobody else can tell you. So nobody else's racist comments, nobody else's views on how you look or how you appear can change who you are. I fully have embraced that. And I also try to also instill that into others who might be struggling with those things. Love this. Thanks so much for sharing that. And I just watched the interview that you had, the sit down, the interview with DJ Six Smith on CBS. And yeah. he was talking about Athletes Unlimited. And I, as a volleyball player myself, 
I'm not sure if you know how much change has happened in the sport from, I think uh-huh. probably, you know, I was in a time when we, we didn't have rally scoring. Like that was just right. not something we did. And so you can totally tell a person that grew up the other way, because anytime the, the ball hits the net on a serve and dribbles over, we're like, wait, wait, what happened? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Exactly. So there's that. And then sand volleyball has changed so much, but with athletes unlimited, it is giving you a little bit of a different scoring system, right? It's really interesting. And I would love to hear more about that. Definitely. So, I mean, yeah, you talk about not having rally scoring. I mean, this is just flipping everything on its head. (laughs) They were like, how much can we change this game, but still call it volleyball? Right. So I love it because I really do think in this world that we have so many sports and so much to watch, we need something that's really fast paced Mm -hmm. and we need something that has a lot of variables to stay interested. So what Athletes Unlimited has done is they have changed this from just like a team scoring to individual scoring. And so we have a group of 44 athletes. And they have four teams and we're all in the same city and the top four players will draft their teams and they have to draft a certain amount of setters, a certain amount of liberos, a certain amount of outside hitters and so on and so forth. And then once the teams are set, you have a whole week to train together and then you play three matches on the weekends. Oh my gosh. And so, yeah, so it's very fast. And then after those three matches, you redraft. So they're teams all of the time. Wow. Yes. And the scoring system, the way that they've done it is you get certain a certain amount of points for your stats, your individual stats. So as a passer, every good pass is worth five points. Um, But getting ace is like minus minus 12 points. So um, there's those individual stats. Yes, I know. I know. If you're a volleyball player, you're like, no. Yes. <laughs> so you have those individual stats, but you also get points for team wins. So each set is worth 40 points, whether you play or, or don't play. And then the total points wins gains, I think it's 80, 80 points. And it's really, really cool because every point matters. Yeah. We've had some games where um, team A, you know, blows out the other team. Team B wins the next two. But because of that first one that they blew out, they end up winning the overall points, even though they didn't win two out of three sets. So uh, it's been very, very interesting figuring out new strategies and how to win. Yeah. You have to be flexible to be able to move in that manner and to just go around. Nothing hits the ground at all. So, I mean, that's of course the rule of volleyball, but okay. I'm like picturing so many things right now. All Uh right. (laughs) This is, this is fascinating and, and so exciting for the sport for sure. It's fun to play, but it's even more fun to watch because you get invested in individual players Mm-hmm. And so you're, you actually can pick, you know, you, you can have an unlimited pick. That's what they call it. Mm-hmm. Where you follow that player, depending on what team they're on throughout the five weeks. And you get to see them rise and fall on that leaderboard. It's really, yeah. really cool. That is cool. 
Yeah. So, um, and we'll talk in a little bit about how folks can watch what happens with ball girls do lunch and, and that athlete cause, because as you're playing and your points are going up your individual points, what happens with ball girls do lunch? So what's so great about the whole athletes unlimited brand is that they have several leagues. So they have, they don't only have volleyball, they also have softball. They also have lacrosse. Mm-hmm. But as a brand, they basically want to give players a lot more control. We are the ones who got to decide the rules. We're the ones who get to decide who is playing in the league. We don't have to have our coaches. They are just facilitators. Mm. So one of the things that they really wanted us to do is to choose a cause that means something to us. Mm-hmm. And they are willing to, along with a partnership with Give Lively, donate 50%, up to 50% of our, our bonus at the end of the season to our cause. And our bonuses are how much we get is based on where we fall on that leaderboard. As I gain individual points and I move up that leaderboard, I'm also earning more money for my cause, which is Bald Girls Do Lunch. Awesome. Okay. I get it now. This (laughs) is really cool. And one other thing I wanted to mention with your interview with CBS was that I loved how he stayed so focused on the sport end of it. He didn't talk about your alopecia, which mm-hmm. I, which I think is so important when we're looking at athletes, dancers, anything. We're all individuals, right? And so mm-hmm. talking about alopecia, it's a piece of who we are for sure. And it does lead us to where, where we end up going, but it doesn't have to always be, you know, well, she's got alopecia, you know, and she's also a good player. Yes. I, I 100% agree with that. I think a lot of people don't know I have alopecia, I mean, they think I just did it because I wanted to do it because I did have curly hair and a lot. I didn't talk about my alopecia, but even now, as I'm being more vocal about my cause and and why I care about it and my situation, people look at me as an athlete. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing that they see, that they think about. And I, and I want to continue to encourage that because I do think that I'm more than just my hair or my lack of hair. Absolutely. I love that. And do you have any advice for kids who are have been diagnosed with alopecia? I hear often that they stop doing the things that they love, whether it be sports or outside activities. And I'd love to hear your, maybe a little bit of advice to those kids who, who stop doing the things that they love and want to maybe start up again. I think the biggest thing with alopecia or with anything that kind of changes your outward appearance, the first thing that people see about you. You have you get to decide your identity, right? You get to choose what makes you you. And so growing those things, those things that you love, those hobbies or, you know, what you're interested in, growing those things and even exploring more outside of the box, outside of maybe what you normally do can grow you in a way that you start to think of alopecia as just being another small factor mm-hmm. in who you are, like we were just kind of talking about, right. instead of letting it be your full definition. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's about your identity. It's about what do you love about yourself and growing those things. 
And if you choose to let alopecia be one of those things, which I have, I'm very proud to be a bald girl. And I love that about myself. Then, then continue to do that, but don't let it completely define you. And the same with the people that you keep around you. I think that's even more important because those people are going to help grow you. And if they're growing you in, in a negative direction, then they don't need to be in your life. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you. I'd love to check in with you at the end of the season, you know, to find out how campaign went and how the cause went and how can we best support you with All Girls Do Lunch? Yeah, definitely. So the biggest thing for us right now is one, to just keep spreading awareness. So we post a lot of stuff on Facebook. We post a lot of stuff on, on my personal Instagram. I post a lot of information and right now we are actually donating through Give Lively, which I will I will send you the link that you can click on to donate to Bald Girls Do Lunch. You can also join us. I, I think we're going to do our virtual lunch pretty soon in the next week or so. We just talk and we share stories and talk about just kind of the things that affect us and support each other. And then also supporting Athletes Unlimited because they're doing such a great job of helping us spread awareness to our causes and also to show the world that there are athletes like me out there that are professional players and that have alopecia and are doing our things. I think growing women's sports in general is so, so important to empower us all. And yeah, those are great ways to help the cause. Absolutely. Fantastic. And I'll have all of that in the show notes and people can help towards helping you reach those goals for sure. Fantastic. I'm so, I'm so excited. I think we've donated up to 700 of the thousand I was trying to get. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Let's help her surpass that thousand dollars, everybody. That'd be awesome. And I just want to thank you so much for being with me today, Deja, and for sharing this amazing perspective on athletics and women in athletics. And I'm super excited to watch some games because I think that's going to be uh, huge for the volleyball community. Really. It's, it's, <laughs> it's probably going to blow my mind. So, and I'll actually, everybody who's listening, if you want to go on YouTube and watch Deja, it's an amazing outside hitter. She's six foot one and she rocks it. So everybody listening, go on over to YouTube and check her out. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to show you guys what I got and to proudly represent the alopecia community in the world of women's sports. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Alopecia Life. We aired this episode before the end of the month to share about the athlete cause. Her team points and individual points contribute to the end of the season Give Lively campaign for Ball Girls to Do Lunch. I posted that link in the show notes. This is a great opportunity to support women in sports and raise alopecia awareness at the same time. Every dollar counts. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Join our Alopecia Life Facebook group and find out more information at headonlifecoaching.com. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and is meant for general information purposes only. If you're enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to and download podcasts.